Ladies and gentlemen, Fourth and Trollers, welcome back to Fourth and Troll Fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we have got a show for you guys today. I don't know if you've picked up many context clues, but it is episode 50 of Fourth and Troll Fantasy. We are thrilled to be here with you guys for the 50th time. We're having a ton of fun. Wes, how you doing? I'm fantastic. First and foremost, I'm elated to make it to 50 episodes. It took uh, nearly a year to get there, and I, I'm pretty pumped. I uh, didn't have a fully uh, Barbenheimer weekend. I had a Barbie weekend, but not a Barbenheimer weekend. That sounds like a great weekend, weekend still. Heimer will be this upcoming weekend, and I uh, the movies are awesome. That's all I got to say. Movies are great. Just a sea of pink everywhere. Yeah. And scattered here and there were people in three-piece suits and fedoras. Like, yeah. What a time to be part of this phenomenon. Had a wonderful weekend. Went swimming with my girlfriend. Saw Barbie with her. Just had a great time. Um, life is good, man. How are you? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm excited for today. Good weekend as well. I did the full Barbie Heimer this weekend. Um, I will say... Barbie first is the correct way to go, ladies and gentlemen. I will say that. It is oh. uh, definitely the preferred method, at least in my opinion. I've seen some other people saying that as well. Mainly because you're just not going to be able to stop thinking about Oppenheimer as soon as you uh, finish it. So it's gonna you won't, you're not going to be <laughs> mentally ready for another movie right after that. But it's fantastic. Both movies, so good. We'll definitely be seeing both of them again. Hoping to be able to make it to a 70mm IMAX, but there's only one in all of Phoenix. So I'm going to have to work that out and figure out some magic there. So (laughs) we're very excited, very happy, great weekend. And I'm stoked for this episode. It's going to be a lot of fun celebrating our 50th episode with you guys. We are, it's, it's almost like the first episode that feels like it's like, all right, we're here for the season, man. Like we are, we are getting locked in because today we are talking about our top 10 running backs the 2023 fantasy season. Yeah. It's going to be fun guys. I am, uh, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I can't wait for it. And, uh, listen, you know, it's really, uh, really time for the NFL season to begin because once again, we have gotten news. You guys, we've got news in the NFL West hit us with the news while our, uh, lovely, lovely trollers go ahead and, Make sure they're following us on social media and uh, leaving comments down below. What do we What do we got as far as news goes? <laughs> yeah. Listen, two birds with one stone, guys. We're proactive here at Fourth Troll Fans. Yeah. As you go to our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok to make sure yeah. you follow us, take a listen to all the news that we've got. I don't think it's going to stop, by the way. I think we are mm-hmm. full in locked into the NFL news updates every episode all the time, starting with some big, 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 big news. The Jets placed a few players on their pup list, their physically unable to perform list. One is wide receiver Randall Cobb. One is tight end CJ Uzama. And the other is running back Brees Hall, which means that there is better odds than not that he will miss week one, maybe more really changes the running back sphere for me. And our rankings came just in time before this episode because that shifted a lot around for me. Uh, So some more pup list activations as well. The Ravens, they put Rashad Bateman on there. 
and they put in uh, J.K. Dobbins. They're starting running back. He's on the pup list, which decided for them they were going to go ahead and sign Melvin Gordon to a one-year deal for the Ravens. And if J.K. Dobbins does miss some more time, Melvin's probably going to be the RB1. I don't know how much that's going to really matter with Lamar Jackson on the team, but, you know, just some information for you in case you're interested in any deep-cut week one sleepers Something there for you. So there are a couple of uh, non-football injuries that have been reported. One for Detroit. Uh, wide receiver Marvin Jones was listed on this non-football injury list. And uh, one in Denver. Wide receiver K.J. Hamler in uh, for the Broncos. Both non-football injury lists. We'll see how that develops, what that actually means for them. If that affects their positions, who knows? We'll just keep an eye on that. Speaking of Denver. Okay, this is big. Javante Williams was not put on the pup list, which means he has a really good chance to start week one. And that also changes the running back sphere. And that also changes my overall rankings. I can't wait to talk about these RBs, dude. I'm freaking pumped. I'm going to fly through these these news so we can get to it. The Giants decided to sign wide receiver Cole Beasley, who I'm pretty sure turns 55 next week. This guy's really old, but it's for a one-year deal. If anyone loves Cole Beasley... Maybe something happens there. I doubt it, but there's some information for you. In addition to Beasley, however, the Giants did sign James Robinson. Yes, that James Robinson, the Jacksonville Jaguars one. Yeah, Uh, this is likely insurance in the event that Saquon Barkley does decide to hold out. Could also be maybe even like a threat. Like, oh, you want to hold out? Well, we've got a clear starter that's going to take your place. Who knows how this is going to develop? Either way, in the fantasy world, James Robinson is very, very, very likely the backup running back to Saquon Barkley. And given the history of Saquon's injury, James Robinson becomes one of the most valuable handcuffs in fantasy football for this season. So absolutely try to keep an eye on him. His ADP is at the bottom. Should be pretty easy to get him, especially if you want to reach late in your draft. Last couple here. Bills running back Naheem Hines suffered a knee injury while he was jet skiing. Someone actually ran into him. Unfortunately, he's going to have surgery. And unfortunately, that means that Naheem Hines is going to miss the entire 2023 season. This may open up a few more opportunities for James Cook and uh, Damien Harris. Either way, it's unfortunate for Hines, who was a really great special teams player for the Bills. He had that big kickoff after the um Demar Hamlin game from Bengals. So he's going to make it. He makes a difference for them, but he's not going to be there for this season. Kadarius Tony, speaking of injuries, this guy, Kadarius Tony, he aggravated the knee that was already injured and he had surgery on before. He was just fielding a punt return and got hurt. So right now he may not miss week one, but it's something to keep in mind that he legitimately is very injury prone. I know it's exciting. I think it's exciting to have him with Patrick Mahomes, but just just keep that big asterisk next to his name. Last bit of news, not really fantasy related, but you know, we pay attention to the NFL. Just big NFL news. Dan Snyder for the Washington Commanders. He officially sold the team. Again, not much for fantasy, but hey, just sharing what is happening. Big moment in history. That's going to be it. That's the news, baby. Let's get over to the running back rankings. I'm freaking pumped. Noah, let's go. (laughs) <laughs> Let's do it. It's that time. Listen, preseason's next month. Every week we're going to be going through our rankings here. 
Uh, just giving you any changes, updates that we have, stuff like that. And before you know it, it's going to be kickoff, guys. So with that, let me jump into my top 10 running backs here. First, we're going to start with some honorable mentions. My uh, RB12 and RB11 here, guys, that just missed the top 10 on the list. At RB12, I have Saquon Barkley. And both of my guys here at 11 and 12 are for reasons that, you know, I'm not sure how much we're going to see them this year. I'm, I'm wondering what it's going to look like. Saquon, I think with kind of the climate of the running back position, I think there's a chance he actually does do some holding out. And, I, and, and I'm not sure when he'll return. I think the Giants, more likely than not, are going to go, yeah, we got to have that guy Saquon Barkley back in here because James Robinson isn't doing it. Because, you know, James Robinson went to a team where he had a massive opportunity to go ahead and take the starting job with the New York Jets. And, uh, yeah, he rode the bench. So, hopefully we can just get this guy Saquon Barkley back here. Maybe should we pay him? Should we pay him? Okay, let's pay him. I think that's how the exact conversation is going to go if you read the transcript. So, that's my guess. Um, but I've got Saquon at 12. He was in my top 10 until he did not sign his franchise tender. I just feel like he's going to have, I'll say, at least four games that Saquon Barkley is not playing in to start the season. I think that's the least amount we could see. Um, but I, I do think there is definitely opportunity for him to hold out for more games. And there's a chance he does not play this season. So that's why he's at 12. I had him inside my top 10. I believe I had him at six. Um, I'm just a little bit worried about his overall playing time. Uh, and so that's why I've got him at 12 here at 11. I've got Brees Hall. Now he's added to the pup list. What does that mean? It means right now in this moment, they're declaring him pup physically unable to perform. We've seen guys come off the pup list before the season starts. Just what essentially the pup list is for. They're allowing players to participate in team activities while still not practicing. That is what that is what we're looking at here with this. Now, if Brees Hall starts the season on the pup list, you will not see Brees Hall until week seven. That's a little bit of a concern. But if he does come off the pup list before training camp, he has an opportunity to go ahead and jump in my rankings and be another very, very solid fancy running back. So I've got Brees Hall RB11. Personally, if I'm guessing based on the reports and, and the report that Javante Williams did not go on the pup list is showing us these guys can come back from these injuries and play well. Uh, that's I, I personally do believe Brees Hall will start week one. I think he will be on the field. Do I think he'll play 75% of the snaps? That is what I do not believe. So I'm ranking this out as Brees Hall does play a 17-game season, but I think we're going to have to wait until about week five or six until he's hitting his full stride that we saw him be incredible in last season. Might be a little bit of an early buy low candidate, if I'm being honest. If the Brees Hall manager in your league is getting tired of going, hey, this guy Brees Hall, he's in the 99th percentile of athleticism in the NFL combine. What's this dude doing getting eight carries for 30 yards and a touchdown here and there in the first four weeks? Well, that's when you go buy low. So, Brees Hall, I do think he plays a full 17 games. I don't know of how much it's going to be, but that's why I've got him at RB11. He would be a little bit higher, but the history of coming off the ACL does not look good for running backs. And because of that, he's at RB11 
but he's a special player, as we've talked about, and I do believe that he is going to be a very special player this year in, in, in fantasy. Wes, do you have any thoughts on my honorable mentions? Uh, initial thoughts is that you and I have the same, very similar honorable mentions, and I think oh, great. Uh, I'll just yeah, I'll, I'll just share briefly that Brees Hall dropped out of my top 10 because of this pup list. So okay. I'm on the same page as you that I also think it's going to be a slow start for him. But if we're looking at like average points per game starting in like week five on, no doubt in my mind, he's going to be top 10. So, yeah, I was going to say, if he gets activated, if he gets activated and he is going to be ready for week one, will you go back in? So hear me. Look at me hesitating because I just don't know if I'm willing to take that initial risk in round two. It's risky. I'd rather I'd rather trade. It's uncertain. It's so yeah. It's so Mm. tough. Mm. It's that (laughs) uncertainty with these guys that are. Yeah, he's shown us he's incredible. But but if he if they're if they're being cautious at the start of camp, what's it going to look like whenever week one rolls around? So. Definitely something to keep listening to Fourth and Troll Fantasy about because we are going to keep talking about it as it continues to happen. So both both of us are just gen- gingerly about to press yeah. the draft button on Breeze Hall, and then we're waiting on it. We're going to wait and see. Um, those are my honorable mentions. Real quick, I'll give a dishonorable mention as well, just for fun. Dishonorable mentions essentially are just these guys that are outside – far away from where their ADP should be. I talked about it a couple episodes ago. It's Jonathan Taylor. I've got him as my RB23. I'm just following the maths, baby. I'm following the maths. These running backs with quarterbacks who rush for over 500 yards finish on average as RB28. Listen, hey, I'm giving him five spots here in my rankings. I'm not putting him at 28. I'm putting him at 23. Everybody's gonna call their shot on something someday. This is, uh-huh. this is my, this is my day. This is this is what I. It's, I'm gonna I'm gonna oh ride it into gosh. the grave. Was I a Jonathan Taylor owner last year? It, maybe it might be a little bitter. I don't know. No, who, who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Maybe you know. Hey, it's the maths. I told you the maths. They're right there. That's it. That's a dishonorable mention for you. Now, without further ado, I am going to jump into my top 10 running backs for the fantasy season. And Wes, I'll, I'll, I'll let you decide. Should I go 10 to one or, or you want me to just start hot? 10 to one. I build this up to Let's who the it. best running back in the league is in your opinion. Let's do 10 to one at RB 10. I've got Carolina Panthers running back Miles Sanders. Now I've talked about Miles Sanders a lot this year. I've actually had him higher than RB 10. At certain points this offseason, I believe the highest I had him once this offseason was RB7. That's how much I am a believer in Miles Sanders. I've got Miles Sanders to RB10. Listen, he is going to a system where he is going to be the top guy. He's going to be a three-down back. He's back with Frank Reich, who was his offensive coordinator in his rookie year. Now, I understand the concerns. The concerns are Miles Sanders doesn't catch the ball. He's not a pass catcher. He, He... He has not been a pass catcher. Maybe that was the system because under Nick Sirianni, he hasn't really been a pass catcher. But when he played with Frank Reich for the Philadelphia Eagles in his rookie year, that's right, he had 50 catches for 509 receiving yards that season. Now, 
I don't know if you uh, heard me on that. 50 catches for 509 yards. 50 catches is elite PPR value at the running back position. I am excited about Miles Sanders. I think there's one more factor that we've talked about, and that's that this team is kind of doing a reset. The Panthers are, uh, you know, if you watch the draft, they had the number one overall pick. Now, they traded up for them, so they weren't necessarily the worst in the NFL last year, but they were a bottom 10 team. The Panthers are rebuilding. They've got a new running back in Miles Sanders. They paid Adam Thielen $14 million a year for the next three years, fully guaranteed. Not necessarily the young talent you want to have, but that's why they drafted Jonathan Mingo. And, uh, oh, yeah, first overall, they drafted Bryce Young, potentially the best quarterback in this draft class. And uh, I think the Panthers like to run the football because, you know, Deontay Foreman had a career year last year behind that offensive line. Steve Wilkes decided, okay, well, we can't throw, so we're going to run the ball a lot. Now, can Bryce Young throw? Yes. Is it a different coach than Steve Wilkes? Yes. Do I still think this team will be running the football a lot? Yes. You need to establish a good ground game in order for your rookie quarterbacks to be able to succeed. You want to have defenses thinking, okay, we don't just need to get this quarterback frazzled three plays in a row and then have him punt on this ball. No, we need to be worrying about the ground game. The Panthers are going to run the football, and uh, I think Miles Sanders is going to be fantastic. I'm excited. I know that's a lot higher than consensus. I, I'm all in on it. Miles Sanders, my RB10 this season. <laughs> he's going far past that. So I think he's a fantastic value. Now, number nine. Yes, he's made his way back into the good graces of my heart. Wes, I think maybe he's made it back into the good graces of your heart as well. Number nine is Najee Harris, Pittsburgh Steelers. Listen, last year was rough. As we talked about the SPDB O-line, that O-line was stinky, booby, diaper butt. That was not a good offensive line for Najee Harris to be running behind. And people don't really talk about how actually injured Najee Harris was. Yes, it may have been a minor injury he could play through, but it did not feel like he was getting past that injury until about the second half of the season. And that's when the offense started to get a little better, and Najee Harris started playing better as well. Listen, Second half of the season, Najee Harris was getting 21 opportunities a game, 88 total yards a game, and over 14 fantasy points per game in the second half of the season. He was the RB6 from Week 10 on last year. I think he ended strong, and I think he's going to just continue in through that. As this offense gets better, the offensive line has improved. And guys, I can count on one hand the amount of people that are the amount of running backs that are going to get 300 plus touches this season, and Najee Harris is one of them. Volume like that is hard to find, and Najee Harris is one of those guys that is going to get that kind of volume. He's going to get 300 touches this year, and he's going in a fantastic spot for you to be able to get him. You could get him as your RB two, depending on how you wanted to go about things. If he was my RB two, I would tell everyone else to quit the league. Because I'm going to win that season with Najee Harris as an RB2 on my team. Najee Harris as my RB9. Let's do a vibe check, Wes. First two guys. How are we feeling about my top 10 list? Uh, Miles Sanders is 
pretty darn high. Pretty darn oh, high. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I, I will let you know, I'm in the same crowd that I, I don't know if the PPR, I think the PPR value or lack of value sets him back. And look, I right. think, I think for sure he's going to have over a thousand yards. I think he's going to have closer to 1500 yards rushing than he will closer to a thousand yards. Like I think it could be around 1300. I think he could have a ton of rushing touchdowns, but without PPR, it's, it's hard. It's hard to get him into that top 10 for me. So I, I like I like the Frank Reich uh, comparison or the, the the old side of fifty catches. I I I just don't know. I don't believe he's gonna get that kind of PPR. But either way, either way, I also think he's gonna return tremendously on his value. I just don't think that high. But I don't think this, I'm not disagreeing whether you should take Miles Sanders. I think everyone should draft him. I just I don't know if here. Let me let me check with you. I know you've got more players to go, but like, do you sure? Do you think Miles Sanders will actually do better than Saquon Barkley and Brees Hall and Javante Williams? Do you think Miles Sanders in fantasy is is actually going to finish better than all those players? At this very moment, I do. I do. Oh man, I do. It could <laughs> be the fiftieth. Wow. Could be the fiftieth episode. Juices flowing through me. Oh but my I, gosh. I do, and I believe it. I believe it. Miles All Sanders right. is, my, is a top 10 running back. Get it. Tell us, start with running back eight on your list. Yeah, running back eight is Tony Pollard. Listen, we saw it last year, guys. We finally got the glimpse what Tony Pollard can do as the lead back in the backfield. And I say the lead back kind of kind of hesitantly because while he was the you know the lead fantasy point scorer, he wasn't getting a, a workhorse back touch count or a workload like that. So if we see his touches go up even two or three more per game this year, Tony Pollard's going to be dangerous for sure. And I already, I already think he is going to be dangerous, but listen, last year, Tony Pollard, third most 15 plus yard carries in the league. He is an explosive runner. When he finds the gap, he gets it. And he scored the six most, most touchdowns amongst running backs last year. And now he's going to be in a uh, in a in a lead back role, not behind Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, who scored many goal to go touchdowns last year, maybe Tony Pollard gets a few of those. I am excited about Tony Pollard this year, and he's playing on it's it's a contract year for him. He is playing on the franchise tag, and so he's he's playing to get a new contract here. And so I think he is going to do some pretty fantastic stuff this year. Tony Pollard is my RB eight, and I'm very excited about him. Another guy I'm very excited about is my RB7, and that is Jameer Gibbs. Listen, I'm here to tell you all today. This is the DeAndre Swift we all wanted. I promise you. Listen, Jameer Gibbs is going to be a bad, bad man this season. I think, based off what happened last year and what was arguably DeAndre Swift's most down year, and he still received 70 targets last year, I think Jameer Gibbs is well within the realm of getting 100 targets this year, especially with no Jamison Williams to start the season. We've got a rookie in Sam Laporta at the tight end spot. It's pretty much a Monroe St. Brown. And then at least for the first six weeks, Jameer Gibbs is going to be second in the team in targets. And maybe depending on how things go, he could finish the season 
as second on the team in targets. Jared Goff loves throwing to the running back. Who do we see it with first? Todd Gurley. And then we saw it a little bit with DeAndre Swift. And now we're going to see it with Jameer Gibbs. I'm very excited about Jameer Gibbs. Just a real quick college stat for you. He had 31 receptions of 15-plus yards in his time at Alabama. When he gets the ball in the passing game, he knows what to do with it. And in the fourth round, I'm taking him every single time. Jameer Gibbs is my RB7. And who knows? Maybe he'll jump even more. I'm a, I'm a madman today. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen here? <laughs> Ridiculous. At RB6, a man that jumped a decent bit here when he received a new teammate. At RB6, I've got Derrick Henry. And I did not think he was going to make his way up the list this year. I wasn't feeling too good about it. Pretty much because defensive game plans against him for this season before DeAndre Swift were going to be everyone run at the big guy. Boom. There you go. Look for 22 and get him on the ground. But he jumped a decent bit because DeAndre Swift signed to the Titans and they received a true alpha wide receiper. Yes, said DeAndre. Swift. Hopkins. Hopkins. Jameer Gibbs stays Silly in my goose. mind, man. I can't have something about Jameer Gibbs. Guy. Oh, my goodness. Detroit Lions crush. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, when he signed with the Titans, they finally got another alpha wide receiver. He got a true RB or wide receiver one on that team. And, you know, oh, no, that's going to take away from Derrick Henry's stats, a true wide receiver. Well, you know, what happened last time there was a true number one wide receiver on the Titans? Oh, you know. Just 2,000 rushing yards for 17 rushing touchdowns and an RB3 finish in fantasy. An RB3 finish with less than 20 catches for a running back is absurd, you guys. That is is unheard of. Now, I recognize Derrick Henry's gotten older, which is why he's not my RB1. When you think about a guy who's going to rush for 2,000 yards and 17 touchdowns, he should be RB1, right? Derrick Henry's gotten a little older. I don't expect a 2,000-yard, 15-plus touchdown season. Now, would I be surprised if that happened? Not at all, because it's Derrick Henry. That's why. It's Derrick Henry, and he does Derrick Henry things, and it is absurd. Plus, if we look at last year, Derrick Henry had 33 catches last year. Now, that could be because they did not have a wide receiver, or it could be because Mike Vrabel wants to involve him in the passing game. If we see a, a Derrick Henry season where there is a true alpha wide receiver on the team where the boxes are opened up and he is still getting around 30 catches in the season, it, it won't surprise me if he finishes top five. It will not surprise me at all. And we'll be sitting back and going, well, he did it again. So there we go. That is that is, that is what Derrick Henry does. So I'm very excited about Derrick Henry. I think the addition of DeAndre Hopkins is very beneficial and Wes, you and I were talking about it, and it is a quote from Rich Eisen saying, you could do a hell of a lot worse than Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins and Ryan Tannehill. So that is a yep. very true statement. Watch over those Tennessee Titans. They, they, they might challenge for the division here. Who knows what's going to happen? Wes, before I jump into my top five, let's do another vibe check because we're, it's, the, it's the nifty 50 episode. How, how are we feeling? I'm vibing. I'm I'm ready for your top five. I don't have too many comments. We got a lot of the same players. I'm vibing. Let's hear the top five. I'm glad you're vibing because this one's a uh, you know a surprise actually. 
because I've got B. John Robinson in my RB5, and we've talked about B. John a lot. We uh, kicked into the gear as the NFL draft was starting up. Arthur Smith is, um, you know, he, he found his his next Derrick Henry for a chance. He, he, B. John Robinson is going to be a very special, special player. I love him a lot. I know somebody else who loves him a lot, though, and that's U.S., and I'm going to do a uh, – a surprise phone a friend here because I don't know if anyone can do a better job <laughs> hyping up Bijan Robinson than you can, Wes. Wes, why do you love Bijan Robinson this season? You are too kind. Well, obviously, I've talked about how I think he's the second coming of Ladanian Tomlinson. I think this guy, in the way that he moves and his agility and his vision, is going to put him as probably the best running back in the NFL next season. I don't think that's outlandish to say, but right now, just he could have gone anywhere. As we've talked about, he could go anywhere in the NFL and we still put him top 10, but he ends up top five because the Falcons run the ball more than any other team in the NFL. They are absurdly focused on the rush, which means no doubt, no doubt Bijan is eclipsing a thousand yards and is going to push for double digit rushing touchdowns. Easy top Boom. five pick for me. There it is. I could not have said it any better. Thanks for rolling with the bunches <laughs> so there. Sweet. Thank I you. was doing my notes and I was going, I don't know if I can tell this any better than Wes can right now. <laughs> so let's let's pull a let's pull a uh, who wants to be a millionaire and You're use a lifeline, phone a friend here. Bijan Robinson is my RB5. Listen, RB4. Get ready, buckle in. My RB4 is Ramontre Stevenson. I was beyond thrilled to see the New England Patriots bring in absolutely no one to compete with Ramondre Stevens in this offseason. Now, there have been reports brewing that uh, the Patriots hosted some workouts and Leonard Fournette might have been there. Daryl Henderson Jr. might have been there. I'm not worried about those old guys. Uh-uh. No one's, and I'm not worried at all. Listen, Ramondre Stevenson is incredible for fantasy football because he's playing for Bill Belichick, who all his life has used a committee of running backs, and yet then he found this guy and was like, yeah, you do the job. Like, you're good. Like, yeah, you're you're good. I'll go ahead and just use you. He was the RB7 last year, and the Patriots did nothing to improve the offense, so he'll continue to be a powerhouse three-down back in the best division in football. He is going to have to work hard to beat an Aaron Rodgers-led New York Jets team twice a year, a Tua Tyreek and Jalen Waddle-led Dolphins team twice a year, and a Josh Allen-Stephon Diggs-led Buffalo Bills team twice a year. He is going to have to be great in order for them to even compete, and I think he will. I think he will. So I am a huge believer in Ramondre Stevenson this year. I think he's one of those guys that can see 300 touches this year. He saw 279 touches last year, guys. I think he can brush past that 300 touch mark. And the volume of that building off of an RB7 season, I'm super hyped on Ramondre Stevenson. He's one of my favorite values in drafts. Obviously, I've got him as my RB4, and I believe he is going in the third or fourth round. I'm very excited about Ramondre Stevenson. That is a guy I am... I've, I've, I've gathered saliva in my mouth just talking so much about him. I've got to, I've got to stop and take a drink, you guys. I'm just going. Well done. I'm going crazy here. 
All right. At the RB3 spot. Don't come at me. Because I got numbers. My RB3 is Christian McCaffrey. Now, I've got McCaffrey lower than consensus amongst the fantasy community, and I am not saying, I'm not anywhere close to saying that he's not worthy of being a 101 pick. Like, if you want to take him 101, do it. Go for it. I do not blame you. He's unlike any other running back, and his skill set and explosiveness is otherworldly. He's the best player on his team. He's the best player in his division. He's the best player, arguably, in his conference and almost maybe even in the NFL. He is His skill set is so broad that he is such a weapon to have on offense. And I have two things to say about that. I think Kyle Shanahan knows that he has that player on his team. And I think Kyle Shanahan doesn't give a crap about your fantasy team. And that is why he is an RB3 and not an RB1 for me. Let me explain. Last year, Wes, we came into the season, and Christian McCaffrey was a Carolina Panther still. And your top value for fantasy drafts was Elijah Mitchell because he showed he was a great running back. He's a great running back and a great scheme and a great system with Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Elijah Mitchell, unfortunately, gets hurt early in the season. And then we get Christian McCaffrey as a San Francisco 49er. And so Elijah Mitchell managers are going, what do, what do we do here? Like, what, what's going on? Well, he may not have made a huge name for himself. But let me talk about something. Last year when Elijah Mitchell wasn't on the field, Christian McCaffrey was the best thing a football field could see for its fantasy managers. Through six games without Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey was averaging 27.3 points per game, 23 and a half touches, 6.8 targets per game, 5.3 catches per game, 139.5 yards per game, and had eight touchdowns in that six-game span. Fantastic. I, I played against people who had Christian McCaffrey in that time, and I was not happy. He was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But in the four games that Elijah Mitchell saw the field with Christian McCaffrey as well, Christian McCaffrey went from averaging 27.3 points per game to 15.3 points per game. He went from getting nearly 24 touches per game to 15 touches per game. He saw one less target per game. He had one less catch per game. And he went from having a nearly 140 yards per game to just 78 yards per game. And then that four-week span had only two touchdowns in that time frame. Christian McCaffrey scored 25-plus fantasy points in five of his six games without Elijah Mitchell, but in the four games with Mitchell, he never went over 18 fantasy points. Now, let me be very clear, and don't get me wrong, a running back that can get you 16 to 18 fantasy points per week guaranteed is still fantastic. It's still great. But I think Christian McCaffrey this season is going to have his ceiling capped up just a little bit by the presence of Elijah Mitchell and a head coach that knows his team is going to make a postseason run and wants his best player available for it. That is why Christian McCaffrey is at my RB3 spot and not any higher. Listen, comment it in the comments. Come at me. Tell me why I'm wrong. I want to hear it. I want somebody to convince me. That Chris McCaffrey needs to be in my RB1 spot. 
right now I've got him as my RB3. Let me jump to my RB2. And my RB2 is Cleveland Browns running back Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb was the RB1 through the first 11 weeks of the season last year. And then he hit a touchdown dry spell, scoring just one touchdown in the final six weeks of the season. Coincidentally, that was the start of Deshaun Watson returning to that offense, which also happened to coincide with when Amari Cooper fell out of the fantasy greatness. Interesting. Anyways, listen, I do think an offseason with the team will help Deshaun Watson and Cleveland to gel more and will help them become a better offense. Add to that the departure of Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson, vacating over 45 running back targets to Nick Chubb and some rumors that he's looking to take on some more receiving work this season. And the fact that Nick Chubb was coming off of his highest target count in the last three years last season. I think Nick Chubb is about to become far less touchdown dependent and could actually end up with one of the safest floors amongst all running backs this year. He is my favorite runner in the NFL. And a lot of the time, his fantasy upside has been capped by his lack of receiving work and the fact that he was a little bit touchdown dependent. Nick Chubb, it wouldn't surprise you if he got you 11 points every single week because he had 110 rushing yards. Like That that wasn't something that surprised you. What I do think now is that he becomes more apparent and more involved in the passing game. He gets more catches, and he scores touchdowns more consistently, and he has a really safe floor this year. Nick Chubb, my RB2. And before I jump into my RB1, I got to get some more some more 50th uh, episode juice running through me. Get hydrated. Walk us through the best running back of the year, Noah. The best running back of the year. It's one last year for greatness, you guys, and it's Austin Eckler. He is my RB1 this season with new lots of offensive coordinator Kellen Moore unlocking Tony Pollard last year. I think he's going to do fantastic things with Austin Eckler. Add to that that I think there's going to be a much better full arsenal in the wide receiver room for the Chargers, and I think Justin Herbert is one of the biggest sleeper picks in fantasy football this year because he is going to be absolutely fantastic. But with all those weapons opening up the box a little more, I think we're going to see Austin Eckler run the ball more efficiently this year. That's been something that I harped on a lot is that I don't think he's a good runner. I don't think he runs efficiently. Listen, over the first two seasons of his career, he averaged over five yards per carry. He's dropped over a yard since then. But I think with a new scheme, everything opening up for him, I'm excited about Austin Eckler. I think he'll still be involved in the passing game. I don't know if he'll get over 100 targets. I still think he could get 85 targets. And he would still be fantastic. I know touchdowns have been the big thing that have been pushing him forward this year. I think he's scored over 30 touchdowns in the last two seasons. I don't know if he'll reach that mark, but I think we're going to substitute that with some more efficient running. He'll be better carrying the football. Austin Eckler, right off into the sunset, young man, old man, actually, because you've got one more year of greatness, <laughs> and then you are done for. That is my top 10 running backs of the 2023 fantasy football season. Wes, give it to me. Not bad. Not bad. I, I, I'm only going to comment on two players because we actually yeah. share eight of the top of the same top 10 players, just rearranging the order on a few of them. I've already yeah. talked about Miles Sanders, so that's one of them. Yeah. Uh, I. But again, just to reiterate, it's not that I don't believe in Miles Sanders. I just don't believe he's top 10. 
Sure. But I believe in drafting him, and I believe that he probably in the end has one of the best running back values of the season. The one that I, I'm going to – it's amazing you've already you already shared my reason when talking about him. I don't think Nick Chubb makes top 10 because of that lack of PPR value, because of what happened when Deshaun Watson started. It may, I, I, I think it makes sense that if there's off-season gelling and that perhaps there's a different kind of chemistry, but yes, he has been incredibly touched on dependent. And, and this was my reason. I was looking at you know who was going to make my top 10, and I had to prove to, for myself why Nick Chubb didn't quite make top 10 just outside of PPR. And I don't know for certain or have the complete confidence that Kareem Hunt and his absence means that Nick Chubb just gets all the PPR, that he just gets all those targets. Uh, I do think there is some correlation to Deshaun Watson starting and there being no rushing touchdowns. And in doing the and, and looking at the averages, Nick Chubb went from about 18 points a game to 10 points a game when Deshaun started. And I don't know how many people still won their championships when they got to playoffs with Nick Chubb. They made playoffs but I don't know if they won because of that downside. So I also agree. I think he's a fantastic runner, but it's the, it's the Miles argument, Miles Sanders argument that I make with Nick Chubb is I don't, I don't see the PPR coming into play to get him there. But this actually, we'll throw this into last episode of the training camp things. I got to hear how Deshaun Watson does because Maybe I just don't believe in him. Maybe I just don't believe in the Browns. Maybe there's some weird bias going on, but I don't disagree with Nick Chubb being great. I just disagree with the fantasy value because I don't think he's going to get enough touchdowns to make top 10. I, I can understand that. Um, I see the PPR value. It's okay. Guys, decide. Yeah. Vote now in the comments who your favorite fourth controller is and who, <laughs> which other one is a sticky poopy diaper. Favorite? Favorite? Yeah, vote on who's uh, better. Vote on who's better. This is now a divisive show, you guys. Um, the W key is under the two. It's next to the Q. You just type that in. That'll help you out. My name's e Noah. Oh, type I was, that. Oh, I don't think you got that. No, I was okay. just telling them. To, I was just telling them to type my name too instead. For sure. Um, yeah. Excuse me while I cough for a moment. However, I'm going to mute myself so nobody hears that, guys, because we got some new mics sponsored by FQ Media. Bingo, bango, bongo. Let's go. One sec. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thank you for elaborating on what <laughs> you're doing. We're a, we're a live show here at 4th and Troll Fantasy. Yeah, we are. Boom, here we go. Um, no, I get it. I understand. I don't, I don't like the Browns offense. And also, it was the funniest thing I have almost ever seen. Uh, the Cleveland Browns posted like a video just from camp on Sunday of Deshaun Watson and they were like they were like QB1 making it look too easy. And he's like casually just like walking towards one of those you know those nets that have like the three different spots you can like throw the ball into it's like accuracy yeah. and stuff like that. He's walking and he's like at most like 6 yards from the net and he's like and just like a little like <laughs> toss and it's like it's like QB1 making it look too easy. And all the comments were just like, is this a post? Like, do you guys actually post this? Like, what? He's right in front of the he's net. He's right in yeah, front of, of it. What are we doing it. here? Yeah, what are we doing? So That's was, more my point 
Thank you, Browns. Social it was hysterical. Media. Listen, hey, Nick Chubb can be six yards away from him, and we know he can get him that football. So there you go. That was, that was what pushed him into my top three, top two. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I just I, – I see the opportunity, and I think I'm just more optimistic on – it's – it would be very hard football for me to watch if the Browns offense was worse than they were to end the year last year. Oh my God. And I would not yeah. want to watch that football. I think oh. Kevin Savanti is a good coach. I recognize that Deshaun Watson didn't get an off season with the team. I don't love the offense still, but Nick Chubb, I think is going to be the the highlight of that offense. And I think he's going to be used well and, following the reports there and going to be watching some more camp to see kind of how he's being used and stuff like that. So that's my top 10. That's my top 10. Wes, let's go through yours. Give us some honorable and dishonorables and let's, uh, let's jump into it. So my honorable mentions, number 12 overall, call me biased, call, call me uh, obsessed. But I think with this recent news about not being on the pup list, I think Javante Williams ends up climbing his way into top 15 because in what he was on pace to do last year, he was looking at over a thousand yards rushing in game one. He had 12 targets and it fell off the next two games and then he got hurt game four. And if anything about Javante Williams indicates that this ACL tear is fine, then then we know there is tremendous upside. I mean, if if he was if he actually met par on his pace, then he was he was RB7 last year. Yeah. That's where he was going. One more point for why I think Javante Williams is worth drafting or two points, one being that it's like ninth round to get Javante Williams. Why not take the opportunity to have someone that has this kind of upside? Number two, Sean Payton knows how to incorporate a running back in the passing game. We saw it with Alvin Kamara for years and the way that Drew Brees, a veteran experienced quarterback used all his players for receiving potential. I think when you look at the PPR value of Javante Williams, his young talent still, I think there is a really good chance he ends up here in the top 15 my honorable mention number 11 overall for me i share the same rb11 as noah it's Brees hall now he fell out of my top 10 because of this pup list activation but i still think that he's going to be tremendously talented i'm just echoing what noah said at this point because it's going to be a slow start for Brees hall i think it's worth making a big trade to get him rather than to draft him. But if you draft him, I think if you draft smartly, you could still end up with incredible value. I think just literally in the end, he doesn't finish his top 10, but I think points per game and then points per game at a certain point, he'll be top 10. Like I think he's still right there. So he's absolutely an honorable mention for me. Now, before my top 10, I will share my dishonorable mention and this will make Noah smile and cry tears of joy. My dishonorable mention is going to be Cincinnati Bengals running back, Joe Mixon, who, look, let's just remind everyone, he scored a quarter of his total points in a single game against the Carolina Panthers. In week nine, this guy had 55 points. Outside of that, he averaged 13 points a game. 
Now, I'm also going to share that I've said it before, but I think Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are going to be dominant. So there's just that subtraction. On top of that, he just reworked his contract to stay with the team, which means the ball isn't going to go to him because the ball goes where the money goes. He's not demanding the football if you renegotiate your contract to stay with the team to win Super Bowls. Outside of fantasy, noble, commendable. That's that's awesome. You are you care more about winning. That's great. Uh, and fantasy football, yeah, I don't think you're going to – I don't even think you're going to make top 20 because it, without that 55-point game, he wasn't. So I just – I don't think Joe Mixon, just because he's on a great team, doesn't mean he's a great fantasy player. So – He's my dishonorable mention. Your thoughts on those three, the honorables and dishonorable before I get to my top 10, Noah? How are you feeling? Five yeah, I think, I think honorables are really good here. I, I will say I've banged the drum on Joe Mixon not being worth the high draft picks that he was getting in previous seasons. I mean, I, I've pointed out many times, yes, he scored one-fourth of his points in one game sell high and then you guys didn't and then you were bummed out because you didn't do it again for the rest of the year (laughs) i will say i think the restructuring yes i think he wants to stay on a good team yes he was in a sticky situation i'm not worried about anyone behind him challenging him for touches or 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 at least snaps i'll say Travion Williams is a name. Rookie Chase Brown is a name. You know, there's those are those guys there. I, personally, I think Joe Mixon, I haven't checked his ADP recently. If he's still going around where he was going at, I'd be okay taking the shot, I think. Because if I was drafting a certain way, I could get him as my, maybe as my RB3, depending on if his ADP is still where it was. But I, I just... I think I go. I think I'm a little more okay taking him than you are, West, because I go back and I look at what we talked about before the season started last year. We had an episode talking about the teams that we would want the most fantasy players from, and he said the Bengals, and I went, "Oh, duh! Why didn't I think of that?" It's because <laughs> the Bengals are freaking good and they score points. No Samaje Pirine there as well, so I think. I think Joe Mixon's in an opportunistic spot. I haven't actually adjusted my ranking, so I probably have him in a similar spot as you have. Uh, I haven't adjusted him since that news broke that he would be playing, that he is still with the team. Um, so I've got to take a look at it. But I, I I, think at ADP where he was, he's okay. If he starts to jump and you need to take him in like the second round to get him, that's what I'm going to remind everybody yet again. Hey, a quarter of his points were scored in one game. So chill out. So but but that's where so that's where I'm at but I don't I don't blame anybody for not being thrilled to take Joe Mixon you may have to remind the ESPN fantasy football player owners to uh that he scored 55 points in a single game because right now he's 30th overall in ESPN you gonna take him at the turn two three turn I'm not no that's for you at home to decide no, maybe at like the four five, <laughs> but like I wouldn't take him with a two three. Not ahead of yeah. guys like Jameer Git. Like, yeah, no, it's just I don't know. No I way. might have him. I might have him like fringe top twenty, but if he's going any much higher than that, yeah, no, it's because it, I because I, I agree with you. 
yeah, I agree with you. I think that's why it's like this Bengals offense is just going to be crazy. So lethal passing game for sure. So yeah. with that, time for me to fly through my top 10. I'll make this brief because we share a lot of the same players. I will walk through why I've got my placements for these. So number 10 overall is Jameer Gibbs for me. Uh, he sneaks into the top 10 because of his PPR upside. In college, he didn't rush for a ton of yards, but I still think he'll get his due on the ground. But really, it's going to be how Jameer Gibbs is incorporated in the PPR game. Uh, and as you said, Noah, the first six weeks without Jamison Williams, it's going to be Amon Ross St. Brown. It's going to be Jameer Gibbs. And even with w- Williams back, I'm not worried whatsoever. Yeah. I-, I also do think that Gibbs could be higher if David Montgomery wasn't on the team. And David Montgomery, I think, will vulture goal line work from Gibbs. And I think this will just be next next year, Jameer Gibbs will be one of the highest running backs to take. But even still, I think he makes top 10 even as a rookie. Number nine on my list is Ramondre Stevenson. And I was shocked to see the PPR value on this guy. Insane. 70 catches. When did this happen? I thought exactly. all of this was on the ground. I thought he was rushing his way into the top 10. So here, to be completely honest, I'm taking the worst case scenario because I think it it makes sense to me that Ramondre ends up as number four. It makes yeah. sense to me. This is me betting against Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones and having absolutely no wide receivers and even thinking Bill Belichick is on the downtrend for his career. This is me betting against the Patriots offense, and I still think he ends up solidified in top 10. Yeah, My 10 through 15 are very interchangeable. I think any of them. I think Nick Chubb could be 10th instead of Jameer Gibbs. I like the PPR value more. But Ramondre Stevenson is a top 10 player and this is the worst case scenario for me and i think he's absolutely worth his value number eight is i think the same position i think maybe one spot higher is Najee harris yeah same points as noah made it's the o-line they got a whole lot better now also just a reminder his rookie season he was rb3 because a exhausted decrepit, disheveled Ben Roethlisberger was throwing it at the same distance that Sean Watson throws into the net, six yards to Najee Harris every Facts. single play. Got him. And that's why he his PPR was so insane. Najee Harris had 1,000 yards last year and had yeah. like a third of the receiving work. You take a good O-line now and you have a year of experience mostly – under Kenny Pickett's belt, plus Deontay Johnson's there. George Pickens has a little bit of a rapport going on. I think Najee's going to be just fine. He was RB14, I think, last year. He's with the difference between 14 and 30. He's going to finish around RB8. Worth a pick, especially his ADP, because that actually returns value. Now, number seven is one of the two running backs Noah and I don't share in common. And I still think Jonathan Taylor is a top 10 back in fantasy. Now, 
I, I hear what you say. And I let you li- I like this stat. I like this idea of there being something to pay attention to when you've got a quarterback that can rush for 500 yards and that they're going to barely finish top 30. That's fine. I like this. I don't want it to go lost. You did preface that Saquon Barkley is the outlier and Jonathan Taylor is on that same tier list as Saquon, which you you said, I don't I don't want anyone to just try to jump against you, but but you said you could be proven wrong yeah. in this. And I and I do think that will happen because we look at what Shane Steichen did in, in Philadelphia, their new head coach. Miles Sanders, your RB10, had 1,200 rushing yards behind Jalen Hurts. He had double-digit rushing touchdowns behind Jalen Hurts. Jonathan Taylor is better than Miles Sanders, and Anthony Richardson will not be anywhere near as good as Jalen Hurts. So for me, that is my reason that there's I have no worry about Jonathan Taylor. I don't think there's going to be much of an injury concern as well. I think Taylor is going to be just fine. I think he'll be in the top 10. Number six is the other running back that we do not share in common. And I will admit this is the most bold. Minnesota Vikings running back Alexander Madison, I think, is top 10. We've done the numbers on the show. I've been hyping him up this whole offseason. I think a running back that is averaging over 22 points a game when he's a starter and getting 20-plus carries as a starter, you convert what Dalvin Cook did last year to Alexander Madison numbers and you look at the difference between Mike Zimmer and Kevin O'Connell and you still get a top 10 running back and I think he is going to have far more scoring opportunities than I think people may realize. Dalvin Cook still had 40 catches despite Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson there. And maybe Jordan Addison has more of a need for the ball than Adam Thielen did. But I am not worried about Madison having this being any kind of fluke. I am buying into perhaps it's my own hype, but I think Madison is going to be a the biggest sleeper in the running back value. That's 10 through six before I get to my top five. Five check from Noah. Yeah. What's your feeling? I, I, I... My only two are the last two you talked about. My only two comments here. And it's not necessarily disagreements. You and I are on different sides of this. I've got Alexander Madison inside my top uh, seven. I think think I've got him at 17. I still think he's going to be fantastic. uh, And a really good value if he stays where he is, especially on sleeper platforms. My the only thing I'm hesitant on, which is why he probably isn't in my top 10, because while he has been on the field, He's been fantastic. He's been so good. My only concern is that that happened with Mike Zimmer. And we don't know what things are necessarily going to look like. Dalvin Cook did have 40 catches last year, so there is opportunity there. Um, That's my only concern. That is my only concern with Alexander Madison, is that maybe he doesn't do the exact same uh, have the efficiency he did as far as like points per touch or you know the uh, points per game as he did with Mike Zimmer that he does with Kevin O'Connell. Going to have to wait and see on that. If he does this, and which is why I love so much that you are calling your shot here on this and you're making this bold call. Mm-hmm. If he does this, it is, it is, you know, a lot of people have been saying that they're in a worser position with Alexander Madison 
as their NFL running back than they would be with Dalvin Cook. I think if he if he does what he did previously, it's going to be quite a conversation to have uh, this offseason on who who is going to finish with a better Vikings career, per se. Um, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm fine with that. And with Jonathan Taylor, as you pointed out, I, I did say I could be wrong on this, but it is why we made those bold claims. What you said is the exact argument I have laid out in my head for what someone could say to me when they call me crazy on this. Is that yes, <laughs> Saquon Barkley was one of the 18 running backs in this pool over the last five years that was top 10 at the position. If Jonathan Taylor finishes top 10, uh, it won't surprise me at all. He did a fantastic job. Like you said, Miles Sanders was RB15 last year. Jonathan Taylor is better than Miles Sanders. Obviously, that's the case. Um, it won't surprise me, but. If you want Jonathan Taylor, I will just still say, you're taking him at the end of the first round. And even if he finishes RB7, you could get guys on Wes's list like Alexander Madison later than him that Wes has him finishing higher as. Guys on my list like Nick Chubb that are finishing or that are being drafted after him uh, that could be, that could finish higher than him. You know, Ramondre Stevenson is higher on my list. Um that's that's my one thing. I I can see it happening. You laid up the argument perfectly. I'm ready for the comments to blast me, echoing what you've said as well. Oh yeah, I'm so glad we're this. I'll say this, guys. This is the one guy that we are farthest apart on, obviously, because it's what maniac has Jonathan Taylor finishing RB23. This guy is me. Maniac so, is the right word. Yeah, maniac is the perfect word. Yeah, let's jump into your top five, Wes. Hit me with your top five. I'm excited to hear hear you finish it out. We only have one player that we do not share in common with the top five, but we do share this next player, which is Derrick Henry, my yep. RB five on the season. I legitimately and and in serious question wondered if Derrick Henry was going to stay in the top 10 going into this season, looking at the off season with the addition of Will Levis, I really had to, oh, I was praying about it. I mean, it was like, I was worked up. I was staying up late trying to figure out, is there, is it my stupid to think Derek Henry doesn't finish top 10? Not anymore for everything that we have already said with the addition of Deandre Hopkins, you have a, whether you think Hopkins is washed or not defenses don't, the NFL doesn't, yeah. and they and he commands enough respect and will be enough of a red zone threat and will do enough work to force defenses to consider where Hopkins is, push the secondary back, and Derrick Henry still had 1,500 rushing yards last season despite there not being anyone good on that team. I think he's going to be just fine and is going to still finish top five. Derrick Henry is still worth the pick. I'm very relieved to know I don't have to be the the psycho to pass on Derrick Henry and take, you know, Jameer Gibbs and reach for the next round. Like, I can take Derrick Henry. I'm okay with that. Yep. Number four overall for me is going to be Austin Eckler. I, I know what's happened in the offseason. And everything leading up to today's episode with this contract dispute and this sticky situation with the Chargers organization 
and him seeking permission or getting permission to seek a trade and him finding that the running back market is not what he thought it was going to be and having to limp back to the Chargers and say, I guess I'll stay. Then the Chargers draft a wide receiver and then they go out and get an offensive coordinator that is very pass focused. These don't go in Eckler's favor. He had a hundred catches last year. And he's never had a thousand yards rushing. I think he will still be top five because that is how important PPR is in the running back world. If you say he's going to have a down year compared to last, instead of a hundred catches, he gets 60 catches. He's still fourth on my list. So that's. That's me saying things don't go his way, and he's still top five. So I also agree. This is the final hurrah. This is it riding off to the sunset. I wouldn't, I would would not like to take him in the first round if I'm top five, but I have no problem taking Austin Eckler. I don't think there's there's a concern in his PPR value as much as we think Herbert is just going to throw it down the field forever. So that's why you have Eckler as number one. I have Eckler as number four. I'm betting against him, and I can't even get him out of my top four. So yeah. he's, he's, it's just it's phenomenal. Now, number three, you've already given me the hype. You've already let me set myself up to rave about probably my favorite player of this draft, Atlanta Falcons rookie running back. Bijan Robinson, number three. I'll say it again. I think he's going to have close to 13, 1400 rushing yards. I think he's going to have double digit touchdowns. I think it's going to be one of the greatest rookie running back seasons in history. And I think when you just do that, he literally, literally has no PPR value. Literally did nothing at Texas. And he's still number three on my list because he's going to be dominant. Now, number two, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I honestly, I can't, I don't want to, but number the second best running back in fantasy this season is going to be Tony Pollard. I love it. Any way that I look at this, he finished RB8 and he was the backup. And, and then eventually it was tandem, but he was, essentially the backup running back and he still had a thousand rushing yards and he still had 40 catches and he had nine rushing touchdowns and multiple pass receiving touchdowns. If you add just a little bit more, just a little bit more. Oh, when you do the math, man, when you do the math on the PPR of Tony Pollard and what his actual rushing side is, again, let me remind you, Austin Eckler has never had a thousand yard rushing season. Alvin Kamara has never had a thousand yard rushing season. And we know what he has been for several years. When you put it all together, I literally did the math. There's no way around it. Tony Pollard is the second best running back in fantasy for me. And I'm going to have to stick to my guns and I'm going to have to draft him. He's going to be too good. I didn't want to buy into the hype. I'm not anti-Cowboys fans or anything. I thought he was going to be good. But one last point on Tony Pollard. Mike McCarthy talked about rushing the ball more. 
I've thought about it. I don't think that it takes away any of the PPR. I don't think it takes away the passing game. I just think what he means is that when they're winning, they're going to run more. They're not going to risk passing the ball. They're not going to risk stopping the clock when they're ahead. And with a defense as good as the Cowboys, they'll be ahead a lot. And Tony Pollard was 23rd in rushing attempts. Hmm. It's he's RB2. He's RB2, man. RB1, the best running back on my list. I'm going to have to stick with Christian McCaffrey. I just think there are too many ways for him to get points. I think it's just still a little too easy for him to end up with 20 points in a game. And and I also think that this is a little setback in some of the numbers that he had because I think that Shanahan's going to want to preserve him. And I think that was the mistake that Carolina made for years is there was no one else to support him. There was no one else to take the ball away from him, no one else to help them score and win games. And that's why he was injury prone. That's why he was known as the Terminator in Carolina. Now, he got a ton of weapons. I'm not worried that they're going to be taken away from him. I think that just means that his durability is going to be great and you have no injury concerns for McCaffrey. Yeah, he may not get the touchdown when he should, but anyway, I look at it. Anyway, I look at it, 1,000 yards rushing, probably 1,000 yards receiving, 70, 80 catches again. It's Christian McCaffrey all the way. That's my top 10 final thoughts on this before we close out the show, Noah. I, I love your list. I think it is nearly perfect. I have no problem with any um, of these guys being on the list. And uh, I think we're going to have to be monitoring Nick Chubb pretty closely pretty close to this season to see what happens here but no problem with your list at all Wes I think we are bringing some substantially solid insight and uh, advice and rankings to the fantasy football community to the fourth and trollers and I'm proud of us dude we are we are one positional rankings group episode in 50 yeah, episodes yeah. in we've made it we are having a fantastic time just real quick just like Thank you to all of you guys who listen, who comment, who interact. It's so awesome. We are, we've, you know, we have loved fantasy football for a long time. And now we do something like this and it's really, really special. So I'm, I'm very grateful and I'm very excited. I'm excited for the next 50 and excited for the next 50 after that, the next 50 after that. And the, the more we do, I'm, I'm thrilled. I can't wait to have a TR on my head that says, Happy birthday, you're 250 years old. Yeah. Very small easy to market. On small market. Yeah, I was gonna say small market for those kind of birthday accessories. Right. Usually um, for the tortoise Amazon website. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I just tried so hard to think of a really clever name for what the tortoise Amazon website would be called. Um oh well. I, I oh well. Next we'll time come we'll back, start the show. Come with back a next episode. Pun. Come back next episode. <laughs> <with a> tortoise <laughs> pun for, for a tortoise pun here. Listen, that's gonna do it for this episode. We are gumping. We are gumping. Forced gumping. We are jumping into next Fork week. Our top ten was was. Math is like a top ten running back list. <laughs> Who's gonna be on it? That was You're gonna good. get that Nick was, Chubb. That was, that was bad. Fun. That works. Look at us. We just dropped a celebrity cameo into there for for, for good old time's sake. Next week, we are jumping into our top 10 wide receivers. It's going to be a fun episode. Make sure you come back for it. Tell us who you think has the better 
top running back list. Who's your top 10 running backs? Let us know in the comments. Is Sean Watson going to continue his terrible streak or will Nick Chubb emerge as the, uh, as the top guy and help lead the offense there? Uh, Miles Sanders and Alexander Madison sleeper picks for the top 10. Drop a comment below, subscribe, ring the bell, follow us on all our social medias, let us know. Make sure you make Teddy the Troll smile by subscribing, hanging out with us, coming back for our next episode. Thank you once again to our first sponsor, FQ Media Group. Be sure to check us out on our social medias, which are on the screen. Join us next Tuesday for our wide receiver rankings. I am Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been 4th and Troll Fantasy. Fourth and Troll Fantasy is a production of Selby Artistic Workshop. Oh.